Man, I've realized uh, Tesla have actually finally killed the petrol car because it's it's now absolutely pointless to even talk about creating a new hypercar because the new Tesla Plaid, Plaid Plus, it, Plaid it's like, Plus. yeah, it's, it's yeah, Stupid I know, yeah. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like a jacket. What have you bought? A new Tesla suit. It's, it's Plaid Plus. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, 1.96 seconds to 60, not to 60. Yeah, yeah. But, but consider this. The Bugatti Chiron does the same nod to 60 in 2.3 seconds. Yeah. So a four-door family sedan, luxury sedan, will outrun a Bugatti Chiron. Yeah. Like, we're done. We're, we're done here. The, we're, the combustion engines, the combustion engines finished. Yeah. Which, which, Elon Musk, he did it. That, I, I hate it. He has it. broken, yeah. Yeah, you've left me speechless on that one. I never looked at it that way. That way, and doesn't the Model S plate start at like two hundred thousand? Um, something like that. It's a hundred. No, for the the high like top spec with autopilot plate plus, it's one hundred and seventy four thousand, which is expensive. But how, when you consider it's many... faster than a Chiron off the Hold line. On, let's see here. A Chiron is two million three hundred thousand. Let's just say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's divide that by 170,000. Now, the Chiron will You do could two. buy 13 and a half Tesla Model S played. So, really, if you think about it, the only issue you'd have with an electric car is that it would run out of charge quickly. But if you have 13 yeah, but, but Model S played, you'll never run out of charge. Let's be perfectly honest as well. At the speed, if you were to go at like foot to the floor, the Chiron would probably run out of petrol quicker than the Tesla would run out of charge. Yes, it would. And also, I've realized that the Chiron is still faster, technically. It's 265 miles an hour Top or something. speed-wise. Whereas the plate is only 200. But if you think to yourself, like, how often are you going to be able to drive your car more than 200 miles an hour? Zero. Yeah. Zero. So... That's it now. Like all future supercars are going to start going electric. And it's even that, over. even that, you look at what Tesla has in mind for the Roadster. It had yeah. the same zero to 60 time of like 1.9 something seconds at a top speed of 250 or more. Yeah. So there you're in direct competition with the Chiron, and that might cost, that might be the car at like 200,000. I just, I just wonder though, the only thing is, like, I think when it comes to pure performance, it's obvious now we're at the point where electric just beats out. It's, it's just, there is no conversation anymore. Electric is faster acceleration, and I'm sure you could get to higher top speeds if you wanted to. Like, especially if you were going to sell the car for the same price as, like, a Chiron for $2 million, then I'm sure you could get that car to do as, just as fast as a Chiron, but electric. So I, I wonder... I mean, for sure, wonder, you look at Rimac, and that just kind of proves your point, doesn't it? Yeah, so like in terms of just pure performance, we're at the point now where, you know, it just it's electric or nothing. Like it's a combustion. That game is just over. Um, but I wonder because the only thing I think of is like in future, there's there's two things I like about fast cars. One of them is like when I've driven say a Ferrari before in the past. It's like you, 
there, it is the speed. Like, don't get me wrong, the speed is is amazing, right? Especially when you're doing it on the Chandelier and thinking to yourself, I'm so going to get arrested for this. But um, yeah. <laughs> the other thing is the noise, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, the, funny that you mentioned that. I was getting out of my Miata, and I heard, like, this little train noise coming through, and I turn around... And it's like some Toyota hybrid, and it was just starting to move away, and it's making the little trains. I was like, I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the someone drive the the plate on, I think it was, um, it was Laguna Seca or whatever. Probably and it's just Laguna like, Seca. It was just like foot to the floor, and it was like impressively quick. But it was just that like, yeah, there's no like, voice. It was like someone's vacuuming. Why, why is someone vacuuming? You know, <laughs> like, Teslas are essentially vacuums on wheels. Hell, great, hell, great ones, but still, yeah, it's it's amazing, amazing cars. And like, uh, you know, I after seeing the performance specs, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, right, I, I, I'm going to be a dad in July, so you know, when it comes to picking cars now, I'm going to have to be a bit more like, well, it's going to need four doors and some safety. I can't buy old '80s trucks anymore. Yeah, like, no, that won't work. I can, but I need to also have a car for the family type of thing. Yes. Right? Uh, but then I was thinking to myself, I'm like, this is insane. Like, I kind of want a Tesla now because one thing I used to love about the old BMW M5s and M3s was you could order those without any badging. So that the only reason you'd know it was like an M5 is with the exhausts. Yeah. And that, that's the cool thing about like this Tesla plate. It's like if you were driving around, it just, to the untrained eye, it's just a normal... Tesla. You know, it has a bit just, of body work that gives it away. Yeah, but otherwise it's just a normal four-door saloon. Like, you put it next to a Mazda 6, no one's going to really, like, no turn one's gonna light. No double-think it, yeah. But it's, it can outrun a Bugatti Chiron off the lights. You know, yeah. like, that's fucking... Sorry, that's incredible, you know? It's well, just, I mean, it's the... That's the fastest car from 0 to 60 in the world, right? I believe so. Yeah, at it's least just, production. I get like I guess the sound doesn't really matter. I know it's just something that we've we've grown up we've with. Grown and used to, yeah. It's it's kind of that like you, when you hear a Lamborghini, for example, go from not to sixty. It's the the engine rev that sits there, and you yeah, know, you know that if you were to own one of those and pass an old woman, she would fall over and have a heart attack immediately, which would just make you feel more manly than anything else. <laughs> Well, I mean, going past the Tesla, she would, like, see the car move, she'd turn her neck, and she'd break her neck. Because it moves so quickly. So, either way, right. it works. Right? You know, That's what I'm saying. The other thing is, I don't know if you saw the steering wheel in the new plane. Yes, they also leaked the actual full wheel design on the website for, like, a second. We were able to get a photo of it, but... Oh, really? I did see that they chopped off half of the wheel for some yeah, so reason. Yeah, so the top half they're not going to use. They're going to use just the bottom. That's what he wants, more like a yoke from an airplane. Yeah, um, well, I don't know. I feel like they kind of forgot the top bit. It's just yeah, well, I, I don't know. I, can't, I half like it and I half don't. I think it looks... The new center console is way better. In yes. It, it looks way better and it's massive. Yes. The but new the, Model uh, S is amazing. It's a great-looking, yeah. a much-needed refresh everywhere. Yeah. I just, I don't know if they're going to ship with that steering wheel, if I'm honest. I don't think so. I mean, they're already having 
questions from foreign markets. And I imagine that they're having talks right now with the United States and well, North I think, America. I don't think they can actually do it in the EU. Yeah. Because there's, so. there's some law that the actual steering wheel has to be enclosed. Or it has, like, they could put something maybe at the top and then move across and connect the two that way. But yeah. they can't have any open points. It's something to do with, like, if someone was driving and, like, their jacket got caught on the edge, it would be a safety issue. That's true. I never thought about it that way, but that's true. It's some, but it's some stupid EU law, and if, if, that's yeah. how you crash, if that's how you crash, you deserve to die. But my biggest question when I saw the wheel come out on the configurator was... How autopilot's going to become all the more difficult now because obviously you need to tap it or give some sort of feedback to the wheel every couple of seconds. And that's just like, I don't know, I might be overthinking, but now you need to go touch like the top bit. You have much less real estate to do yeah, your I, business I actually, with autopilot. You know, I really hate that, that, uh, that decision. Like I know in some cars now they're putting it that it's a camera on the person. So it more checks that your eyes are on the road. Yeah. That, that's a much better decision because to be perfectly honest just having your hand on the wheel like it's not going to make a huge amount of difference no I mean, it won't. because like if there's a sudden like a person's response time is slow anyway so like if there's a sudden jolt it's like also that if if they don't have the cameras for the eyes i could have my hand on the wheel but be talking to someone in the back like that doesn't help at all that is <laughs> i mean i you have to assume that elon wanted people to have like some freedom in their car using autopilot that other people don't like to use your phone and all of that so yeah i assume that's why they're not changing it all the other major automakers are using the camera thing because it's just much safer because if you go to the headlines and it's kind of like car crashes because of inattentiveness from like gm that's like catastrophic as that happens to yeah. tesla and that's just kind of like eh, oh well yeah, also, I get the feeling it doesn't, you know, they should just do away with that law because realistically, if you have a crash in a Tesla, you're pretty safe anyway. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, have you seen how their airbag system works? I have not. E no. Elon Musk was talking about this recently on Joe Rogan, and I, I, I investigated it afterwards. It turns out Volvo as well, as you would expect, is massive into this sort of thing. But their, their airbags, like technically speaking, he said it, and I was like, that can't be true. So I looked into it. Volvo did research as well. Technically, in some of these new high-end cars, you're actually just as safe without a seatbelt as you are with one because the airbags are that good. Um, wow. So basically... Yeah, don't let the people know that. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't, don't. By all means, don't test that. I, and I know, like, I think he even said during the podcast, he's like, I probably shouldn't say this because I'm going to get into some legal trouble. But technically, <laughs> you know... Um, so, but yeah, the, it turns out that Volvo, Tesla, and Mercedes, and a few other manufacturers have actually made their airbags now so good that if you put a baby's car seat on the front, instead of it just deploying like an automatic airbag, the airbag actually does detection of where the person is in the seat, their position to the, like, you know, millisecond, and deploys the airbag. So if you're kind of sitting like this sideways when you have a crash, the airbags know exactly where your weight is and deploy it in a way to protect you. Um, that's amazing yeah so we're getting to the point where after all this fighting over airbags we may or we may or our seatbelts we may not need seatbelts anymore 
Just so go I'm, back to the 70s, back when we didn't have seatbelts. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, when I was driving my 87 truck, I think I put my seatbelt on three times during the year that I owned it because it was really uncomfortable. Um, I was like, I'd rather, I'd rather die in a crash than just sit like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I if was... I die in a crash, it's a second. If I have to sit like this, it's like my entire driving experience. So. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Plus Mexico, if I'm honest. It's... <laughs> I was actually reviewing a Model 3 yesterday, and I was going through everything with how it works, and I went to the little energy tab, yes. and you can control, like, where you want your car to charge to, because get this, if you charge your Tesla to 100% all the time, that is bad for the lithium batteries, and it will make the battery life decrease. Which I just find hilarious because you buy a car, you can't even charge it to a hundred percent because that decreases the life of your car. I get that. That's like saying you can't. That's just like saying you can't fuel your car to a hundred percent because it will damage your engine. Then don't give me a hundred percent. So you can literally go inside the little screen, adjust the little slider. It gives you a little slider to where you want it to stop, and it'll let you do it to however much you want. I I get that point, but like. I kind of, I also understand why, like, it's the same with a phone. You're technically yes. supposed to, you know, but surely they could have just done that in the software where they make 100% in reality is like 96% of the battery. Yes. Like, you know, and just, you don't need to know that fact. Like, why would does anybody smarter. need to know that fact? That's, that is smarter. Like, Apple would never tell anyone that fact. That just would not come out That's, of that. That is true. I mean, what they, what Apple does now is, like, they give me optimized charging. Like, I leave it on a charger all night, and it just kind of figures it out itself by when I wake up, it's at 100, but it doesn't charge all night. Mm-hmm. That could be something Tesla does as well, like, optimized Tesla charging. Yeah, well, there's going to be an Apple car in a few years, let's be honest, so. Well, if we want to talk about Apple car, it's actually quite interesting everything that's happening with them because Go they on. were. Tr- I don't actually know any of this, so this is interesting for me. Oh boy! <laughs> so they were Apple and uh, Kia and Hyundai were all working together to develop what would become the Apple car, and uh, the CEO of I think it was Hyundai came out and said, yeah, this is happening, we're in talks right now, this is great. Uh, Apple immediately said, take that down, <laughs> we don't like Perfect. you letting yeah. the people know. Yeah. And uh, he, all the news from Kia and all of that was taken down, and Hyundai, all of it was taken down. Around a week later, talks ended of that happening, and they have since moved on to Nissan. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me, because Apple, Apple has the old... Um... Apple follows the Walt Disney approach. Yes. Which is no one is allowed to see behind the curtain. Like Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, now they're working with Nissan for what will become an autonomous Apple car. Why Nissan? You'd think Apple would work with like Mercedes or some high-end brand. Um, no, they wouldn't work with Mercedes or the Germans because it wouldn't last longer than like a year. <laughs> yeah. Also... The Germans and Apple, that'd be terrible. You just imagine Johnny Ive, like, we want to bring together the magic of what's involved here. We want to scope something out. Yes, but the problem with that is, the, why is he Indian? Um, <laughs> you know, the, the Germans are really, the Germans are really like, we cannot make it magic, because if we make it magic, then it will not function for the next 10 years. 
that yeah. button must be here functionality wise yeah well i don't know it, i don't even know anymore i think <laughs> it, I, I hope i hope you left to be speechless i hope johnny ive is still is he still in with in apple i don't even know who that is i know he left in 2019 damn Johnny Ive was the uh, the chief design officer at Apple. Um, oh, so he like designed everything from like the his first design for them was the remember the old uh, the very first IMAX or you know the the ones that had the color back. Yes, yes, yes. Basically, everything from that onwards was was Johnny Ive. Wow. Up, okay. up until up until like 2016 when he started working, I think purely on the iPhone stuff and stopped working on the Mac. Okay. Um, and people knew straight away because it was like the the new after he left, it was like a year later they released the new Magic Mouse, and it was like of all things a Magic Mouse, but it was like you had to put it on its back to plug it in to charge, and everyone went like lost their shit. They were like, Johnny Ive would never have my Mac Mouse look like a turtle upside down when I charge it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great and before we completely move on from tesla i do have one more thing that i wanted to talk about and this is probably the most tesla thing you will ever hear today okay uh tesla has attempted to kind of skirt a recall the recall being that their screens when they fail because they right. can't fail like yeah. all your driver warnings everything is on there and you can just turn that off, by the way. More on that in a second. But, like, if that were to fail while you're driving, that could be a hazard because they don't have your speed. You don't have all sorts of information. And that would be illegal. That's basically like driving without a tack and all of that. Jesus. So there was a recall, and Tesla is attempting to skirt that recall by saying that the car CPUs are wear items. They wear out and okay. therefore should not be recalled. Now, I don't know, right? Because last time I checked, brakes wore out, engine components wore out, windshield wipers wore out, all sorts of things wore out. Well, I, I guess, could you not technically say that the car itself wears out? <laughs> because, yeah, you know, like, uh, there's not a single part. Like, in that old 87 truck, it was like... There's not a single part in that 87 truck that would not at some point have been replaced or needed to be replaced by me. Yeah. You know? like exactly. And I mean not a single piece. You know, At some point in the future, that truck will not be the original yeah. truck. There will be yes. nothing left from the original build. Yes. You know? So, so yeah, that's I, what they, they said. That's, that's funny. That's terrible. Yeah. But again, when I was reviewing the Model 3, if you need to, like, restart <clears throat> your screen for some odd reason, you can just hold down the two buttons on the wheel, and it'll, after a couple of seconds, the screen will turn off, and I'm fairly certain you're able to drive with that screen off, which is just terrible. Because that that's, like... Because all your safety, everything you need is on that screen. So once that screen fails or it's off, you have no information at that point. Wow, that seems, yep. Yeah. That seems, um, yep. <laughs> that's just... <laughs> yeah. 
Like, everything is controlled by that screen, and it's just terrible. Like, that's worse than the Germans, because the Germans have everything controlled. Like, BMW, they have everything controlled by xDrive. But, like, at least everything will still work to some extent, or something will still work if something else breaks. At least something. The Tesla, everything's done. You don't know your speed. You don't know how much battery you have. You don't know anything. You're just then again. Then again, like, I mean, do you really need to know any of that stuff? Can you not just... But it's perfect if it does break, though. It's like, the police officer stops you. Do you know how fast you're going? No. <laughs> like, I really don't. Genuine. I don't. <laughs> like, a friend of mine back in Ireland who had an old mini metro, and the speedometer didn't work, and when the police pulled him over, he actually did that. They were, do you know how fast you were going? And he was like, no. <laughs> like, my speedo. speedometer does not work. <laughs> and the, the police in Ireland just burst out laughing he was like oh oh okay <laughs> and my friend was just like i genuinely didn't know i could break the speed limit in this thing if i'm honest <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so, yeah speaking of minis uh, oh, Lu- smooth transition again we're Lewis getting hamilton this. renewed his contract oh <laughs> yes he has it's they're like both, a one-year both- extension yeah, they're both small British things, so I thought I'd bring them together. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a one-year extension, which is um, which is strange. Like yeah. their their explanation made sense because like everyone was like, "Geez, it took ages for them to do this talk or whatever." But it was like when Toto Wolf explained it, it's kind of like, "Oh, yeah, that do- that does make sense." Why does he have to be so German and just explain it in a way where you're like, "Okay, I understand why it took so long." Well, Let's what was his explanation? So he said that basically what happened was, he said, "With these talks, there's always details because you have, like, obviously you come in with exactly what you want. The other party comes in with what they want, and it's always the lawyers and negotiators in the middle that like they make points of contention with everything because they're trying to get the best for their client constantly." So he's like, our people are trying to get the best for Mercedes, Lewis trying to get the best for him. And he's like, we actually only had like three weeks of talks in total. And everyone was like, well, this has been going on for months now. And he's like, well, no, because Lewis didn't want to um, talk before the season was over because it was already hard enough with everything going on. Then he got COVID and uh, then there was this, the winter break. And he's like, where they didn't talk over Christmas. So he's like, technically speaking, there was only three weeks of negotiations. And it got to the point where they still hadn't finished the negotiations. So they said that Mercedes and Lewis's team just agreed to put a one-year contract in place for now um, to give them time to do the actual talks going forward. Now, that's what they've said. That's what they're saying. That's yes. that, that all makes a lot of sense. But then you take into account all the stuff Lewis wanted. Like, he wanted to be yeah. some halo person for Mercedes. He wanted to have the Mercedes 117 thing car. He wanted, like, some, what was it? 50 million. He also wanted to help Toto Wolf find John Connor. That's a whole big thing. It's a different story. But, (laughs) like, no, sorry. That's that's a movie from the 80s. My bad. Sorry. But, yeah. had a lot of things, and they just kind of went to a one year. It feels like it was kind of silent. I don't know. Everything you said makes sense, but there's a lot of cloudiness. I was thinking about this from who he is, right? So, like, there's the whole thing of. You know, um, not so much for Formula One, but in general in life, there's what's called the Goldilocks principle, right? And uh, it's basically humans like to be in, like challenged in a Goldilocks zone. 
So if something is too easy, we get bored and give up. And if something's too difficult, we get frustrated and give up. But we need to have like just that level of challenge in the middle. Yes. And I don't know, like, I mean, you, you got to feel like if for Lewis Hamilton, if this season goes the same as last season where he kind of, I know he had some challenging races, but more, more or less he breezed through to the Drivers' Championship. Like there was no real difficulty for him other than Max Verstappen yeah. getting a little bit close. So if, if this year there's no challenge again, you got to wonder, like, he'll have eight world championships, which is the, will be the, the new record. And he will be the most, you know, the basically the driver with the most records of any driver, like the most successful Formula One driver in history. Yeah. And like, I can only see two things. Maybe, maybe in his head, he wants to do 10 world championships and that's the goal. Or, but if, if that's not his goal, then like, if I had eight of them, I don't know, maybe like, I know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm very different from Lewis Hamilton in many ways. Yes. But I'm just saying, like, if I'm honest, what else is there to like once you get the eighth record this year what else is there to do like this it's kind of at the point then where it's like there's no one who's going to be able to catch you for like at least 10 years because let's be honest Vettel's not going to get another four championships over the next four years like it's it's just, you know he's not going to catch yeah. him um well who knows what what he does with aston man never know well yeah i mean it's potentially could happen but it's unlikely yeah, no, I, that, I get what you're saying you know, it's unlikely that Vettel would catch Lewis Hamilton, and unlikely that he would catch and surpass. Like he'd have to win five World Championships at that point, and that means then that some new driver is going to have to win eight World Championships to catch Lewis Hamilton. And that's eight uh, years in the making. Yeah, at and, least. Well, yeah, like I mean, that could be twenty years from now. Like that's how long you know. That's the difference between Schumacher and now, isn't it? It's like fifteen years, something like that. So it's like, yeah, you know. So I don't know. If I was Lewis Hamilton, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm gonna. I've I've got shit tons of money. I've got the world champ. Like I'm the most successful F1 driver. It's kind of surely at some point. Although I guess you could say as well, what are you going to do after retiring from F1? Like what's going to be more? Everything than- has to be pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I wonder after being an F1 world champion, it's kind of like what what excite what's exciting after that? Yeah, everything must be pretty boring after that. Yeah, like imagine having to spend time with your family after that. Awesome. Terrible! What a waste of time. Yeah, it's like it's the same reason I want to go to hell. I don't want to go to heaven if they exist. <laughs> None of my mates will be up there. <laughs> <laughs> the only people who'll be up there are the people that I find horribly and boring. Yeah, yeah, well, I'll be up there for five minutes and be like, "Hey, granddad. Hey, granny. That's things." No, I don't want to watch that documentary. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Yeah, well. (laughs) Um, Is there any other car-related news? There is some more car-related news, actually. Is there? Yes, it's about the Honda Civic Type R. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, then. Well, you can. Moving on. I I hate the Honda Civic with, like, a, a degree of passion that... I mean, like, there has been people who have committed murders with less passion than I have for the, like, for hating the Honda Civic. I think it's an awful car, um, and I think anyone who drives one should be lined up in front of their family and shot. To quote Jeremy Clarkson, just in case, but I try to give you any trouble for that quote, yep. that sentence. 
the Type R engine. Not we can all agree the Type R is a rather stupid car because it's front wheel drive. If it was rear wheel drive, it would be an amazing car. It's front wheel drive. It's stupid. However, the and it looks engine like the is slow kid at school as well. But anyway, oh. <laughs> the the engine in there is actually quite good. It's a three hundred something horsepower. I think it's three hundred and ten, if I'm not mistaken. Three hundred six. 306 horsepower engine, some 290 torque in there. It's not it's, bad. It's nearly $40,000. Yes, 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 I know. No, 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 no. I'm saying, what moron buys that car for $37,000? Let's not get bogged down over the price of the car, and let's just talk <laughs> about the engine <laughs> itself. Let's because let's, Honda is, is selling Clark's impression there. Let's not get bogged down. Yeah, well, I mean, like through. it's ah. stupid. We're, we're focusing over the stupid things here. You um, thirty-seven thousand dollars for a an Honda Civic. No, no, no. But that's not the point. That's not it the is, point. I am going onto Auto Tempest right now. I reckon I can get an Aston Martin for that price. Oh no, you can't. But that's oh, not the point. You can get the, the Type R engine. I'm talking about the crate. A crate engine of the oh. Type R. That's what I'm trying to talk about here. What the engine is quite good. What, 50 grand for that as well, is it? Or what is that? It's actually quite affordable. What's affordable? $6,790. That's a waste of time. You can get a Hellcat engine for an extra $1,000. Is that how that works? Yeah, it's like seven and a half or $8,000 for a Hellcat. That doesn't crate. sound right. Upgrade, isn't it? Yeah. Doesn't sound right. Definitely. Yeah, it's 21,000. You're, you're definitely wrong. You know, I mean, unless car and driver is wrong. Wait, hold on. I just... The 807 horsepower Hellcrate red-eye engine is available for order at $21,807. Oh. Which is the Heliphant engine? The Heliphant engine is 30,000. Well, I mean, yeah, all right, fair enough. But like Honda Civic Type R engine is a bargain. Yeah, but then, but then you're gonna have to tell your mates. Yeah, look at my new kick car. It's got a Civic engine in it. Oh. It's got it's got a 306 horsepower Civic engine in it. It's not. Yeah, a but I mean, let let's be honest here. If you're gonna want a two liter engine in your car, you're gonna want the CLA engine, the AMG uh, C45. I think it's called or the 45. But that'll break. No, it won't, because it's a Mercedes what? engine. Well, yeah, they still break. No, but they're they're fine. It's the BMWs. When? Hold on a second. You can't say all German cars are badly built. That's they are. No, they're not. They're all they wonderfully built, except for the Bavarian Motovax. No, it's only BMW. Mercedes are. It is only BMW. Mercedes are, are made to last. No, they're not. Look, I can tell you one thing, right? German cars are built as well as German and Austrian women are. They may sound boring. They may, talk, they, may talk, um, they may sound and talk boring, but they have wonderful bodies, and that's what's important. Well, um, the, the biggest problem with that is, this is Mercedes lineup in a nutshell. You have the A-Class, yeah, 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 which yeah. is crappy but, plastic. But, but you get, here, you move up after that, and then you get a little bit better however, plastic, and then it just increases to however, better plastic until you get to piano however, black. the 2-liter engine in the CLA45 
is 355 horsepower. So that's what does that cost? You can't. You have to buy the car. I mean, <laughs> it comes with a Mercedes. You can't just order the engine. Who who do that? Only Americans and Japanese people would sell their engines separate. But what if you want to put a Type R engine in the Hellcat? Well then, but I don't. <laughs> There's no part of my being that would want. But to what do if it. I want to put that CLK engine in a Hellcat? Shoot myself. Well, what, what if I want to put the CLK engine in a Hellcat? Well, then you buy a CLA. But I want to put that engine in a Hellcat. Well, then you buy a CLA. No, like I want to put that in a Charger Hellcat. What? You want to put the car or the engine? In the a... engine. Yeah, well, then you buy a CLA and you take the engine out and put it in a... But then you need to buy an entire car. Yeah. To put like it in car. That's, that's the way people used to do things. But now you can just buy a crate engine. That's what people used to do with kit cars. They buy a donor car. Well, yeah, but donor cars weren't forty thousand dollars. Well, then you shouldn't be building a kit car. If you don't got forty thousand dollars, you shouldn't be buying a kit car. I'm <laughs> 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 just. I mean, like. Yeah, okay. Just if you don't have forty thousand dollars, I'm just. You know what? Top tip here. If you have top your top tip income, if you have forty thousand dollars, spend it on anything other than a Honda Civic Type R. <laughs> like I mean, genuinely, set. I would I would prefer you do something like book a one way trip to Budapest and don't come home until you've spent the other thirty nine thousand dollars on prostitutes. That would be a better investment and, and way more fun. And something you would happily tell everyone about at parties. And it's legal there, in case anyone gives me any of them. You know, you're better off doing... Here we go, Aston Martin DB7, $32,500. Yeah, let's see, how many... What, what's gone wrong with that one? Well, I mean, probably everything. <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> the point is... In fact, in fact... Yeah, I mean, look at it. The fact is, it's beautiful. It's in it's in British racing green, not Jewish racing gold. Um, it's a convertible. And, <laughs> and I your mean, photos aren't looking like you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's awful. But my point is, like, if someone asked you, was that? If someone said to you, right, what car are you driving? Would you rather, like, say, oh, I'm an Aston Martin? Even if it didn't work, I'd rather have that in my garage not working than say, oh, I drove a Honda Civic. What did you say, sorry? Oh, Honda Civic. What, what was that? Oh, the Honda Civic. Moving on. <laughs> the only thing worse than that is driving a fucking MX-5. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, well, that hurts because I drive one. It's terrible. I, I know, yeah. I know. Uh, moving on. Uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, and so one of the articles that I found on Drive Tribe this week are the five most romantic cars to celebrate Valentine's Day with. And before we go ahead and dig into what uh, this person thought was the best that you could get, I just wanted to see if we could create our own list. So well, obviously, there's the Honda Civic I'll Type. You R. go first. There's the Honda Civic Type R. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because... Type R. As a couple, you could get together, smash it, and then burn it, and then sit around the flames. <laughs> um, although it would probably be more fun to do that with just $40,000 in cash. 
Yes, uh, it probably would. Most romantic cars. Uh... Price range isn't doesn't matter. Whichever cars you you have the budget of a million I mean, gajillion. I'm probably thinking like a, an old VW Combi. I mean, realistically, most romantic cars are really the ones that have enough space to have sex in the back, right? I mean, that's the the key, right? Not necessarily. That's a oh. that's a good big portion, but it's not only that. I guess I have done it on the hood of one once before. Yeah, well, that's uncomfortable. Uh, but I mean, if we're no, if we're going on that basis, you can get a Mercedes SLS that gives you plenty of space on the hood. In fact, most romantic cars in that state would be something like a uh, you know a Phantom, because afterwards, you know, you could you can still get ashtrays as options. So afterwards, you could sit back, have a cigarette, and get massaged. Yes, by your plus, seat. Plus, a Phantom is the most romantic car because it also works to keep you happy, generally speaking, because you can get your driver and servant to do everything for your wife as opposed to her bothering you, which, which makes her life easier. You know, I was kind of more focusing on the features of the car, you know, like maybe you could have focused on like the starry headliner on top or like, you know, the champagne no, flutes so no, you can I'm, drink in I'm, the back. You, you touched on the massage bit. I'm assuming that all marriages are loveless. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how's marriage going for you, Jason? Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right then. So one what of the, the things I was think one of the things I was thinking of is like an old Chevy conversion van. Because like those, those haven't, haven't you basically just given the same reason as me? <laughs> no, no, not at all. The conversion vans, right? You can go ahead and find yourself a spot on like a hill, nighttime. Hopefully Valentine's Day looks like not cloudy. You can see the stars and all of that. You like can, like, you can have your little TV over at the top. You have your little couch everywhere. You have like a. Yeah. DVR and all that, so you can watch like movies, and they can go to bed in the hills. That's yep. Sounds pretty gay. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think we're all that good at this. So let's just go ahead what and look at what. Spend the e what are you doing tonight? Spend the evening with my wife. Ugh, sounds kind of gay. Let's just go ahead and talk about the options that we have or that were given to us. So we have the Tesla yeah, Model S, Model 3, X, and Y all together. And there's one big reason for this. Because it's sexy. Well, that, that, that is one of them. However, there's a bigger reason. If you go into the Tesla's little toy box section, yeah. there is a romance mode. And it puts a fireplace on your screen and it will play romantic music for you. That's cool. Right? Yeah. Second option, we already mentioned this one. It's the only one that we've actually got. It's the Rolls Royce, because you can get that with the champagne set. Yeah. luxurious. Apparently. Um, for some reason, this person listed the Ford F-150. Um, we're going to gloss over that, because that's a stupid suggestion. Uh, this is actually kind of similar to the conversion van thing that I was talking about. The Volkswagen Grand California, that's basically the Volkswagen camper van. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they're great. And, yeah, they're yeah. big. Yeah. You can, like, slide out, like, a little 
shade thing. I don't know what it's called. This conversation is just making my brain do quotes <laughs> from the movie Air Fire. Quotes from Leslie Nielsen. You ever, seen a grown, you ever seen a grown man naked, Billy? And then finally, if we're going to go ahead and follow what you were talking about, Aston Martin DB5. No, like, yeah, I mean, that is... But then the problem with owning that car is you need to be in the gym every day. Because, like, if you get out of that car, someone expects you to look like James Bond. If I get out of that car, someone's like, oh, James Bond's really let himself go. Well, yeah. I mean, like, you kind of look like Caillou. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> You've just grown a bit of a beard there. I'd be like, well, Caillou has just... grown well. No, I look, like Mr. I look like Mr. Miyagi. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Where's that from? You ever seen a grown man naked, Billy? <laughs> what is that? It's, oh yeah, it's uh Oh, it is an aeroplane. Yeah, it's the the black oh. pilot. No, sorry, it's yeah, it's Leslie Nielsen to the kid. The kid walks in. You ever seen a grown man naked, Billy? He's like, no, sir. And then later on in the scene in the movies. You ever been in a Turkish prison, Billy? <laughs> no. I feel like now you're just talking to yourself. <laughs> we need to get this man to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? Well, it's a big building with lots of windows, but that's not important right now. <laughs> Do we have any other car news to talk about? Shirley, don't be serious. I am serious. Don't call me Shirley. Do we have any other car news to talk about? <laughs> no. No, no. Well, uh, on behalf of the Drive Driver Talks podcast, have a great Valentine's Day. <laughs> what does he look like? He's about six foot two, mustache. That's an awfully big mustache. <laughs> I'm watching that movie later. <laughs> Thank you for watching. <laughs> I, I, I am. Um...